I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and bring on the ladies. And my name is Colin Drucker, and I like men, but I love women. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, put that on the tote bag, Colin. Is that something you came up with? Yeah, that's pretty much like I know that should be my tagline for like everything I do. That's pretty oh much. Oh my gosh! That sums yes. it up. TM yeah. trademark. Trademarked. Yeah. <laughs> Can, this this is me. I I declare trademark. Um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think that is the thesis of everything I do. Is I listen. I like men a lot, but in terms of like where the feelings are, what, who could I? What can I queen out about every week on like multiple podcasts? It's either women or men dressed as women, you know? Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, every day is International Women's Day for us on this podcast. Um, yeah. So the idea that Colin and I both had for this week is to just celebrate women, even though we do it every week. We want to celebrate the underrated women, the underappreciated actresses. I believe your Colin, your Colin, I believe your text said, Colin, uh, let's uh, make a list of the top five underappreciated, under-celebrated actresses slash lady performances from movies, TV, or theater. And my brain was just, yeah. I was in a tizzy. A great one, though. It it opens up a world of possibilities. And um, I certainly, I it was, yeah, when I sat down to think about it, it, like, what's weird is that most of, the majority of these are, are performances or movies that I saw and discovered in college. Like, it was strange, like, oh, wow, like, they, these came into my life all about the same time. Um, so I don't know what that's about. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of saw it as, like, performances that maybe yeah. they did get some recognition or these are actresses that people in general are like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's great. But it's like, yeah, but have you seen this? Yeah, but are we really talking about this performance? You know, like, I just think we need to put a little more wattage on the light that's shined on these performances, you know? Yeah, exactly. I was I was trying to create my own criteria. We were talking off mic that I was I went through like a very detailed selection process. And really, I mean, I'm the story of my life is overthinking everything. But I I wanted to like kind of what you said, I I, I wanted to mention women and celebrate women that yeah, might have been nominated for an Emmy or might have been nominated for an Oscar or but I did want to like kind of highlight people that are just consistently consistently really great or a performance that was uh, underappreciated is probably my key word too. And a lot of it mm. was television. I really had to steer clear of TV because all five of my answers were TV at one point. And I had to like, which is fine. I mean, yeah. if those are my answers. Those are my answers. But uh, all five of I'm mine excited. are movies. So, oh, uh, damn. I almost texted you and said, all five of mine are TV, LOL. And then I, and then I was like, no. <laughs> I just like deleted it because it would have been perfect. We make the rules here. We make the rules. I know. I don't know. (laughs) This week has been uh, (laughs) 
I need like, I don't know. I need some meds. I just need to like cool it over here. But well, maybe nonetheless, maybe I'm a, really excited. Yeah, maybe a celebration of women for a little bit might might be good for your nerves. Yeah, you know? yes. Um, and ultimately, whoever you chose, it's like, yeah, there are, you know, the honorable mentions list is a mile long. So it's like, ultimately, whoever you chose, whatever you chose, then they're getting appreciation this week. And, you know, maybe we'll follow up. Maybe we'll say, hey, guess what? We're having unofficial International Women's Day Part 2, and we have movies know, yeah, to queen yes. out on. And then we yeah. flip, yes. You do TV, yeah. I'll do movies, yeah. Exactly. So, um, well, I guess all well, that let's being get into said, it. let's get into yes. the Let's get into this this list. Uh, let's. I tried to think as well, considering that it was International Women's Day, I tried to sort of broaden beyond the United States or, you know, kind of take that into account. But I'm not saying you need oh, to do that. Oh, I love that. That, that. that was just kind of how mine ended up, at, you know. I'm glad out. you did. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Do you have any honorable mentions at all before we get into our top five, Colin? Because I have one. I guess I have one. There was one that I she almost made it onto the list, and like some of these, I have queened out about it on on in the details. You know, I'm nothing if not consistent. Um, some of these should be new, but one who I I did dedicate an entire episode to on in the details is uh, the actress Dee Wallace, who is uh, either most well known for playing the mom in E.T. Or for playing uh, the mom in Cujo, uh, which yes. is, I mean, I think a movie that might be too much for you, but oh my God, it is such a good performance. I think we may have talked about this before that uh, Stephen King considers us the best performance in an adaptation of something he's written. I and love that. I love that. And it is so, I mean, for anyone who isn't familiar with Cujo, like the main sort of like set piece of it is this woman and her kid that are trapped in their broken down Pinto you know, at a farm in the middle of nowhere with this, you know, uh, rabies-infected, crazy St. Bernard outside trying to kill them. And so it's like, do we die <laughs> in the car? Do we die from getting killed by the dog? And she's got to, like, figure it out. And it is just, like, it's just incredible. It's an incredible performance. And um, I think people in the horror genre, like, recognize that. But, like, I think sometimes, you know, when you hear, like, oh, a horror movie performance, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a horror movie. And it's like, this is, like... This woman is, you know, move over, Meryl. Step aside, Kate. Dee's here. Yes. You know, like it is, she's meeting them there. Like she is wringing the rag out in this movie. So um, that's my honorable mention. I'm glad I could queen out about her here. Yes. Anytime, anytime. My honorable mention was actually, and I'm so glad that this is, it's like perfect timing, really. My honorable uh, mention was Catherine Hahn. And oh. I think, and it's like so fitting that there's mm-hmm. like all of this WandaVision goodness coming her way too. Cause like the gays know about Catherine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, right. Who's the other Catherine? Um, Catherine Keener. It's like there's mm-hmm. Catherine Keener, there's Catherine Hahn. Maybe there's a third one. But um, I, I just think that she's always consistent. She's always like the best part of anything that you see. I, I was just rewatching clips from her on Parks and Rec as um as the campaign manager as well oh yeah I just think that's like such a great comedic performance by her too like she's so like cutting and perfect in that role and she's great in Step Brothers. i know that's probably not anything that you'd run towards or maybe it's my cujo yeah, <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> but um i'm just really glad that she's getting this i i'm not even gonna say a resurgence but just like getting like 
bigger and better. Like, what am I trying to say here? More people are taking notice of her because yeah, of she's getting traction. And yeah. Yes, yes, yes. She's trending. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just really happy for her. I love Catherine Hahn. I'd love to see her in something like really dramatic. Yeah, and I feel like there are there's like stuff out there that she's been in where it's like it's like it's like the true Catherine Hahn fans are like, oh, well, if you love Catherine Hahn, you need to see her in this. Like, I think there was some show called like I Love Dick or something. I don't know. I could be editorializing here, but uh, there okay. was something. I think it was on Netflix. You know, I can't just say I love Dick and then just like not look it up. <laughs> so let's God help us. I love Dick. Uh, no. It was it. it I I am not making this up. Uh, I love Dick is an American television series released on Amazon Video. It's based on. Uh, okay, well, uh, in any event, uh, set in a colorful academic community in Texas, this series follows a frustrated filmmaker named Chris and a writer Sylvia who are in a troubled marriage. Okay, I'm excited, and their fascination cool. with a charismatic professor named Dick. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, she's in that. So. Um, Great. Yeah. But, love you, uh, Catherine. Love you, Catherine. I love Dick and I love Catherine. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I've always thought I'd love to see Catherine Hahn and Anna Gasteyer play sisters in a movie. Oh, yes. Yes. Like, sometimes, even, like, when I first saw her, like, on Parks and Rec, I was like, Anna Gasteyer? No, no, that's not Anna Gasteyer. Nope, that's similar, but different. Yes, a lot of people have been getting confused. Um, I see like the all these TikToks popping up and they're like, wait, this person is not this person? And I'm like, for me, who's just like obsessed with both of these women, I, I can clearly see the difference. But I also yeah. see the similarities at the same time, too. Yeah. Yeah, certainly like yes. once you then like see them side by side, it's like, okay, these are two totally different people. But yeah, it's um, like Alice and Janney and um, oh, who's the other one? Uh, she was in... Here we go with the party game. Love this game. Um, she yes. was. <laughs> she was in. Oh, Wendy Malick is who? Yeah, is that who oh. we were comparing her to? Oh no, Wendy Malick and it's Wendy Malick it? and Christine Baranski. Oh, that that's it. Thank you, Colin. Yes. yes. Oh yes. I I feel like yeah. If you can't get Christine Baranski, get Wendy Malick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. You steered me clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um. Oh. Oh, I well, can play that game all day, by here. the way. I know. That is fun. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> yeah. love that I'm slowly losing my memory, but you're here to help. <laughs> well, that might be like a future episode where it's kind of like, it. it, it is kind of like a quiz game of like, okay, I'm, we're going to name an actress and then I'm going to give you clues yes. to figure out who I think she reminds oh, me of or, or who should play her sister in a movie, you know? Yeah. Oh, sisters. We'll just have an episode called Sis- Sister, 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 Sister. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Great. Well, great. Well, I, so number five on my list, this was one of these movies that I, I discovered in college, a friend of mine, uh, I guess maybe she knew about it and, you know, I don't know if she knew about it, but I don't know at what point she did before I did, but it kind of was this thing we bonded over together, but it's a movie from 1994 starring Sandra Oh called Double Happiness. Oh my goodness! Uh, assuming you haven't heard, heard of this, this. yeah, no. it's a Canadian movie. It's on YouTube. Uh, I can I can put the link in the description, uh, unless you know you want to throw some some coins towards YouTube and rent it there. But I don't think Sandra sure. sees any of that money, so just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> um, but it's uh, so my friend, like it's all about. So Double Happiness is about uh, this Chinese Canadian woman who's I think she's like first generation, um, and it's just kind of like the struggle. She's twenty two, and you know there's kind of the traditional you know expectations of her parents, and then there's sort of the um, you know, the more, you know, Western uh, approach to life and uh, young adulthood that she's more interested in and kind of her trying to navigate uh, her parents' expectations with her own, 
um, with their own narrative. And it's, uh, and so my friend is also first generation Chinese American. And so I think there was a lot where she was like, yeah, this, that, that scene, that's spot on that moment. Yeah, that's real. And so I kind of, it was nice to kind of have that point of view and that appreciation. Um, There is, I haven't rewatched the whole movie in a while, but there is a scene towards the end that is, so like so on such an important shelf in my catalog there is a moment Mm -hmm. i i feel like you would actually really enjoy the movie it's sandra oh like i think you'd really enjoy Yeah, what's not to love yeah right but i so i don't want to talk through the entire scene but it you would know it when you saw it but it involves running and it's so so anyone who's seen it hopefully you know what i'm talking about like the two people listening who know what i'm talking about uh it's just like this great moment of just actressing and just, oh, it's so visceral and so good. And so anyway, Double Happiness is a great movie and there's a great moment in it. Uh, I'm ex- I feel like we should add running to our list of like steering wheel acting, mm-hmm. stair acting. Because like uh-huh. I could think of like Poltergeist. I can even think of like <gasps> Laura Dern running in Jurassic Park when she's yes. like, run. Yes. <laughs> Yes, just like she... a super cut of women oh. running in movies. Oh, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. Make it. That that's that it's a great act one gun for someone later on my list. So I love this. Oh, good. Um, yes, women running. I mean, most recently, Nicole Kidman in The Undoing has a great running on the bridge and screaming scene. Um, Jonathan, I would even... <laughs> <laughs> that's her. That's my impression of Nicole Kidman running on a bridge and screaming in The Undoing. Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> I would even throw like Bryce Dallas Howard running in heels in yes. Jurassic Park. Yes. Just like iconic running moments. I can't believe oh, you I'm excited Poltergeist. About I'm so happy. Yes, Polter- yeah, that'll be like the first and last clip that we oh, show in that. That, in that hallway run. Oh. Yes. Yes. So I great. I love that. I love it. Like women running. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> okay. All right, folks. We're looking for your uh we're looking for your suggestions on yes. um there's even a movie called Run Lola Run that is mostly oh, a yeah. woman running. Yeah. So yeah. all right, running this with epi- scissors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh yeah. Yeah. Net bettings and that. Oh yeah. We are okay. Well, uh, on a tangent. So okay. So I know, yeah. Add to the list. High on that list of um or in that compilation, Sandra O oh and Double Happiness. Great. Great. Um, my number five is it falls more into the category of under celebrated, underappreciated slash excited for what the future holds for her um and my number five is gonna go to natalie morales and if you don't know natalie morales she played Mm -hmm. lucy in parks and recreation and she was also in dead to me season two she played michelle um who kind of dated judy you know what i mean i'm Uh always excited to see her i just think she is so like effortless and charming and like can kind of play like the bad bitch but can kind of but still has like a soft side at the same time i'm always rooting for her when she's on screen i thought she was so charming in parks and recreation like as tom's girlfriend like the one who eventually like can see through his bullshit call him out on it and like find the goodness in tom i I Mm -hmm. guess so to speak i just really love her and i i want to see her in like everything and i feel like she's starting to be cast in more and more things um, and Dead to mm-hmm. Me was the most recent thing that I saw her in. But Natalie Morales. Yeah, she is super charming. I I liked her in Parks and Rec. And then when I saw her in Dead to Me, like, she was just so, she's so charming. Like, there's just this, like, there's just something about her where you kind of, like, 
take to her right away. You know, it's like if if, if yeah. she was a spy, I would fall for it pretty quickly, you know? Yeah, I feel like she could easily do, like, action movies. I would love to see her do, do something dramatic. And, like, her brand of comedy, I mean, specifically in Parks and Rec, was just, like, kind of calling, like her and Tom talking at I just like remember very vividly the first time he meets Lucy he goes to like the snake hole lounge the next day to get his credit card because he mm-hmm. like forgot it got and they just like banter back and forth as if they're just talking like it's almost as if it, the entire scene was like ad-libbed I was like who is this woman I was yeah. I'm completely bowled over by her every time I see her and I I often forget about her and I was just kind of thinking about shows with women, I found I was like thinking about Dead to Me, and I thought about her, and uh, even like Parks and Rec too. But I I really like her a lot, so I'm excited to see what happens to her in the future. I'm I'm rooting for you, Natalie. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe she'll be in season three of Dead to Me. So that's something to look forward Hopefully, to. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember yes. where her character netted out in season two. Uh, yeah, I but... mean, I feel like. It kind of faded away a little bit. Judy said goodbye, and then things got crazy, as they always do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. Crossed. Um, well, yeah. Well, great. Uh, great choice. Um, mm-hmm. My number four is a bit of a, a, a collection of ladies um, that I've probably talked about before on this podcast. I know I've talked about it. I've talked about it with a guest on In the Details. Uh, okay. But it is the ladies of the movie Hysterical Blindness. I, uh, I, and the reason, I mean, you know, I think Uma Thurman did get a Golden Globe for this performance. Like, it's not that, like, there was no recognition for it. I know, I think uh, Juliette Lewis was nominated, but it is hard to find this movie now. It's a, it's an HBO movie from, like, 2002. It's set in 1987, Bayonne, New Jersey, and it's about these two, um, or specifically about this one woman, Debbie, played by uh, Uma Thurman, in an incredible performance. Um, and just, you know, she's probably in her early 20s. She's still living at home with her mom, played by Jenna Rollins, uh, who's also incredible in it. And, uh, Jenna. you know, and it's about her kind of, you know, her life with her best friend, Beth, played by Juliette Lewis, perfectly cast. And, uh. and the local bar they go to and then she meets Justin Chambers who's kind of like the bad boy in the leather jacket and she thinks she's found love and he's just found a blowjob and it's it just the you know it's sort of a, a character study of her kind of navigating this this love affair and meanwhile her mother meets this guy played by Ben Gazzara who's incredible and it's devastating and beautiful it's just it is such a great movie and it's it's such a bummer that it's not available on HBO Max um it was directed by this woman, Mira Nair, who is uh, has done some may show up again later on this list, um, but it's okay. just uh, sort of like her her artistic vision and like you can see her direction in it. You can see her choices in like certain, you know, in the the music that that's being chosen for the movie. And, you know, she works with this one guy, Michael Dana, who does a lot of the, the soundtracks for her movies. And so you can kind of see her aesthetic there. You can see her choices in the editing and the camera work and, um, and just the way scenes play out. And it's, so I kind of feel like, you know, this is really Mira Nair, Juliette Lewis, Uma Thurman, Jenna Rollins, like the four of them uh, are each contributing so much to this movie. And it's such a bummer that it's like so hard to find now, even to like find it online. Say, we should cover this Colin. Oh should, we yeah. Do this. If I can find this. like a streamable version, I will. Um, there was one on YouTube for a while. It may have gotten taken down, but if it's still there, 
Uh, we Can should you rent it on YouTube, it. or it's just hard to find? <clears throat> it's not even available to rent. You Ugh. might be able to get the DVD of it, you know? So Okay, uh, well, we're putting the, you know, the BSA signal out there. Yeah, Maybe someone yeah. has it. Uh, it's one of my <laughs> favorite movies. Email. Yeah, I uh, let us know. I would love to give it some love on this podcast. Great. Yeah, that's a... That's a big sell there. That I'm I'm interested, so hopefully we can find it and we'll do oh, an episode. It's like the best thing I've ever seen Uma Thurman do. It's just so mm. good. Um excellent. My number four is also a group of women, Colin, which mm. is very fun. Um I've been really doing some reflecting and I mean my number four is the women of the leftovers on HBO. Oh, and I, 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 and I know you haven't got there yet. And I feel like this entire podcast, the, the entire dynamic, is me suggesting you to watch five hundred things, and then I watch none of the things <laughs> that, you, that you suggest me to watch. And I'm just like, but Colin, you gotta. Right, um, so right. I'm gonna try. That's my New Year's resolution: is to try to to watch things that you suggest. Um, oh, I love uh, that idea. Enlightened for like a whole week. I'm like, just press play. Oh, <laughs> you, like, you know that in nine episodes, you're going to get Diane Ladd and Barbara I Barry know, in a supermarket. What are you doing to yourself? Here? I know. <laughs> Pull the trigger. Yeah. If I was to name one, I mean, obviously we have Ann Dowd. We have Carrie Coon. We have Regina King. We have Amy Brenneman, who is fantastic in it. And I will even add Liv Tyler. Mm, is also okay. great. And um, oh, the woman who plays Kathy Geis is also in it too, but she, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember her name. I just call her Kathy. But yeah. um, it is it is a crime that the only person, that, I mean, rightfully so, also like Carrie Coon should have been nominated for Emmys. I just don't know why. I don't know if she didn't have the star power or maybe the show didn't have enough, you know, energy behind it but like anyone who you you talk to about the leftovers like it is it is that hidden gem of television that like i kind of love that people don't know about it in a way like people have heard of it but they don't really know it's like this it has this like sci-fi element but at the end of the day it's like really great storytelling and some it goes off the wall a little bit too in season two but um the women in it are incredible the performances are even better like i i don't know why more people weren't talking about the leftovers when it was actually on uh and it was only two seasons unfortunately too and i don't think it's a show that needs to be more than two seasons if that makes mm. sense like mm-hmm. it is it's very easily just like a mini series you know because it was it was based off a book um and even when they came out with season two i was like oh wow they're i did they have more to tell and oh did they because and season two of and like and doubt in season two is just uh, she just takes it to another level but carrie coon has some great moments of going to a 27 as well i uh i mean obviously I and mean, that the, the leftovers is my version of like the of enlightened of like just hit play like you're gonna love this i obviously yeah. endowed obviously but um carrie coon it was like i i'm trying i don't think i've seen her in any other shows or movies i but i i remember seeing her a million years ago she played honey and who's afraid of virginia wolf on broadway Yes. And uh, and I think that was the production with um, Kathleen Turner and Bill Irwin. And yes. so it was like a gazillion years ago. And I remember thinking, oh, it doesn't sound exactly like Sandy Dennis. So unless it of sounds course. exactly like Sandy yes. Dennis, I'm not interested, you know, because there's only it is once someone has done something perfectly, every other variation is not quite perfect, you know? Um, yes. And then I and I probably held it against her for a while. And, and that was like, Jesus Christ, it was like 15 years ago. And then... Um, 
I saw her in this other play off Broadway called Mary Jane, like probably in 2019. And she was so good. It was like, Mm. so good. She was just so powerful. And I think then I was like, Oh, Carrie Coon, I should, I need to see more of you. And so this is kind of the perfect next step is like, you know, I should watch the leftovers. Yeah, she is the real deal. Like speaking of someone who I'm always, I, I mentioned her last week too. And that's why she was kind of in my head. Um, she's one of those actresses you know what i mean that you just are always excited to see and know that they're going to bring it like 150 percent. especially mm. if it's like some sort of like full throttle like drama like the leftovers like it is it's just like chock full of those moments and like and doubt it can be like super understated and at the same time i mean i almost said something really crazy but i won't say that because it's a spoiler but I think that you're going to lose your mind when you see Anne in this, in this show. Oh, so I, oh. if that's, if that's not know. a, I mean, you don't even know. Cigarette <laughs> acting, it's, it's Anne Dowd. Like you've never seen her. And you know, we have Justin, we give it all to Justin. Oh, and give it all to Justin. Just at the end of the day, you can also just give it all to Justin. Um, <laughs> and he's got those sweatpants. So I'm, happy Oh to. yes. Um, give those to yeah. Me, yes. All right. That, okay. That's my, okay. Cause I, I've been kind of, having the same thing with like recommendations, like from listeners, like, you know, if someone says, Oh, you should really watch this. Um, I'm like, okay, well then you're, uh, then I will. Okay. Then I'll check it out. And, uh, I feel like it hasn't steered me wrong yet. And so I'm going to just, I'm going to add this to the list of like, okay, you haven't steered me wrong yet. I'll watch mm-hmm. the leftovers. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great sort of premise. It's like, I, I can't remember what percentage of the population of the earth just up and disappears. Like that alone is like, Ooh, I'm intrigued by this. It's a slow burn at first, but like even with that, like things are still like there's there's always something to be uh, excited about in that show, and and a lot of the times it's women, the five women that I just mentioned. So uh, yeah, the women of the leftovers, number four. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, well, I will. I'll probably have updates in future episodes on that. Um, yes. So my number three, uh, I previously mentioned Mira Nightyear, and I was tap dancing around that because she is responsible for the movie uh, highlighted number three, but in particular, there's an actress I want to mention. So um, have you heard of the movie Monsoon Wedding? No. Oh, this I think is like your brain will just like explode out your ears. Like when you, when you, like, you were going to love Monsoon <laughs> Wedding. Like I just, okay. I know it. Like I just, you know, I'm putting down all my marbles. You would so Monsoon Wedding is, um, it's all about this. You know, uh, I don't remember. I think maybe it's set in Mumbai, and it's all about you know this big wedding that's happening, and kind of all of the, um, the, the family dynamics going on, and also there's kind of like a sort of class narrative because there's the the people kind of you know like the the servant of the house, and there's a love story with, um, one of the wedding planners, and so there's kind of like you're seeing people who are I. I guess the term would be like upper caste, lower caste, but you're kind of seeing that as you're seeing those different narratives. You're seeing um, different family dynamics. Like it's, uh, and it's all like, even though it's, it's authentic, it's not American culture at all. It's not trying to be, you know, it's not also trying to be like, Oh, isn't this just like Americans? But it's, it's very easy to relate to a lot of the narratives and to kind of understand like, Oh yeah, like this is true in any family. And um, in particular, there is an actress, her name is Shafali Shah, and she plays, uh, she's like the cousin of the woman getting married, and she's uh, like, I guess the sort of the adopted sister, because I think her father had died, um, her parents had passed away, and so she's kind of like the adopted sister of the of the primary family. 
and she's a great character in in the whole movie. Like she's just a great, you know, it, it's sort of an ensemble piece, but she's definitely one of the main, you know, ensemble features. Um, but there's this subplot with this, you know, uncle, family friend kind of uncle, um, who uh, I guess you know ha- is you know a bit of a perv and uh, a predator, <laughs> and uh, so I guess she's uh, I, it sort of comes out throughout the movie. And this, it, I don't know if this is so much a spoiler, but it doesn't really ruin the movie. But it kind of comes out throughout the movie that uh, he had abused her when she was a child, and so mm-hmm. she there's a young niece in the family now, and she you know as the family gathers and he's you know there, she she becomes very wary of him, and as it goes on, she starts to there's a there's a scene where she realizes that he's starting to prey on the the young niece as well and it's it is such a powerful scene like there is this face journey it's just like oh my god like it's just like a moment of realization that it's just so raw and then the scene that plays out is so intense um like the next couple scenes like that sort of 10 minute section of the movie is just so intense like I was watching it this morning and I was like, I'm not even watching the whole movie and I'm crying. Like this is just so powerful. Oh. And she just I mean, I don't I I don't know if she's necessarily like an unsung actress. I think she's you know, I think she's won awards and I think has had a successful career, but that performance and that that moment always stuck out to me as just like so intense and so powerful. Um in an otherwise movie that is just joyful and um it's just like colorful and the music is incredible and um, it's it, it's such a good movie. I would love to do a BSAs of Monsoon Wedding episode. I think you would love this movie. Um, is it available but, on YouTube? It is. So it or... is on like it's on YouTube for free, but it doesn't have subtitles, and so it, ah. it's you know it's in uh, Hindi and English, and so and they mm-hmm. they kind of make you know, go back and forth, you know, in the same conversation. So it's helpful to have the subtitles, um, but you can yeah. rent it as well. Okay, uh, it sounds great. I I'm sold. Yeah, I'm glad so that we're that's... like planning future episodes here. I love this. Yeah, right. I know it's a little like production meeting happening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great monsoon wedding. I actually thought from the title um, that it was like some sort of disaster movie. <laughs> like monsoon. <laughs> I'm like, I could and understand then a monsoon that. Comes. Right. Yeah, right. That would be yeah. that would be great. Um, okay, my number three. I'm doing a little bit of rearranging here. Okay. Last second. Okay. My number three is Denai Guerrera. And more specifically, if you don't know Denai Guerrera, she was in Black Panther. And she's also she also plays Michonne in The Walking Dead. And I I mm-hmm. wouldn't I would not be surprised if you never watched an episode of The Walking Dead. I don't think it's necessarily in your in your wheelhouse. But I was obsessed with it for a long time. Have you ever watched? I have not. I've been familiar with it and I it what I've seen people say is like, you know, you watch it, you get into it. And then like, at what point are you like, okay, I can't, I can't go through this anymore. I can't keep seeing these yeah. people die, you know? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I, I love like the first, <clears throat> I will say like three seasons. And I think I watched the fourth season and then it, it started to become more about like the human element rather than them like fighting, you know, trying to just like avoid the zombies that were, there, there was like, you know, human against human and it got a little crazy. Um, but the women in The Walking Dead, like this could very easily be like a, a general category, but I, I really want to uh, mention Denied just because like she is the reason to watch, I feel. Like as far as like women in the show, like she, Michonne is such a badass and I feel like everyone loves her. Um, I will even say 
that I I will say like a subcategory of this is, is an actress named um, Melissa McBride who plays Carol who has been giving mm-hmm. us acting since like day one. It it is really baffling to me because it's on AMC and like shows on AMC are nominated for Emmys. It's like it's almost like The Leftovers. Like it this is a show that is. As opposed to The Leftovers, The Walking Dead is like a juggernaut. Like, everyone was watching The Walking Dead. And it's still on? Question mark? I, I know think that Keon was watching it. on. Final yeah. season, maybe? Yeah. I. Um, it's, it's crazy that it's still going. But I know the fan base is, like, rabid. And I feel like uh, over the years, it's kind of dwindled a little bit. Like, I've dropped off. I'm like, that. therefore, everyone has dropped off, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but it is... I, I just don't know why it never it got like attention for like, you know, makeup and prosthetics and like, uh, you know, stunt coordination and stuff like that, too. And I, I think that I'm just really surprised that it never got um, it could vary in a different world if it was maybe it was the star power because a lot of these names are really unknown. But I think Denai Guerrera is someone to look out for in the future. Like, I think Black Panther was like a huge casting for her as far as like people really being it made sense like coming from like the walking dead and like she plays this like badass in the uh in black panther as well but i love her and i she has some really great monologues and she's like a great crier <laughs> if that makes sense like mm-hmm. we love a woman who cries or an actress who oh, cries really well absolutely yeah yeah um, so deny guerrera and melissa mcbride the subcategory of that too um not to be confused with Miss, melissa mccarthy or bridesmaids. No. It sounds like a no. combination of both. Yeah, I was gonna say words. right, right. Yeah, um, <laughs> Melissa McBridesmaids. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe I can find like a, a compilation on YouTube of like her best moments or something. Yes, I, I, I'm gonna try to find find something for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, great. Uh, and you're right. The Walking Dead is is not something I've I've run to watch, but um, certainly selling. Yeah, it's so. it's out of left field for sure. But um, yeah, I just want to throw her or celebrate her a little bit. Uh, great. Well, I think that brings me to my number two, uh, so to speak. So, uh, I have talked about this before. I will never stop talking about this performance. So in some ways, (laughs) she is not underappreciated or undercelebrated. It is unfortunately another movie that you could never watch. Uh, but it is of course the lead actress in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Marilyn Burns. Um, yes, okay, I, that's I, another running scene, right? Running through that oh, window. Oh, and that we can is add that to the list. Running that she runs so much in this movie, uh, but certainly like running out of the house and diving out the window is the moment. Um, yes, I mean the dinner table scene's the moment. The whole mo- the movie is just it is really like I couldn't even find a scene. Be like, oh, just watch the scene because like it's all too much. Like it's all just gonna be like if you, it, it's gonna be too scary just to see like a, a moment of it. But um, <laughs> it's just, I mean, th- this is not a movie that people have not recognized, like, you know, especially among horror fans. Like, this is, yes. you know, one of the godmothers, you know, and I yes, think, yes. Uh, and rightly so, there's just something so singularly powerful about this movie that I've talked about ad nauseum on In the Details. But, you know, it doesn't work without her performance. And I I don't think I've ever seen another movie where someone has portrayed like abject terror the way that she has, where it's just like, Oh, like I think what's most disturbing about this is how scared she is, is how like 
she's losing her fucking mind right now and you can see mm-hmm. that you know and um i just it's and it's the thing that like i think hooked me about this movie and made me love it from the first time i saw it was a that she survived um yes. like i would never talk about this movie again if she didn't survive it wouldn't it'd be a waste of my time um yeah but that she survived and like the extent that she had to go to survive and like just how far she had to go as an actress to portray that. Like I've never seen a character pushed so far to the edge. Um, so that by the end, I mean, the end of the movie is her in the back of a pickup truck covered in mostly her own blood screaming and laughing. Like she's lost her fucking mind. And uh, it's one of the few times where I'm like, yep, th- this is, this is not over the top at all. This is entirely accurate to how someone would react. Yes. Um, and it's just, I, in, in terms of actressing is just, will always be one of my favorite performances because it is probably the, in, it might be the quintessential going to a 27 for me. Ooh, the barometer. I love that. Yeah. Like there is a, there is a scene, you know, where she's, you know, it's the infamous dinner table scene and mm-hmm. it's just the sequence of her just losing her mind. And it's like, this is it. This is an actress going to a 27. <laughs> like, yes, it's just I... so good. I guess it's probably a different brand of scary, but like, how would you compare it to hereditary? Like where hereditary sort of like, like this is, it's just more jump scares I'd imagine in Texas Chainsaw. So there's like no jump scares. There's only like one, there's like maybe there's like one early on, um, but you kind of see it coming. It's the situation. It's just, it's just sort of unrelenting. And so, and the way it's filmed is so sort of gritty. It looks like a documentary. But it's never, you know, the big thing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre is there's very little on-screen violence. And so you, you kind of walk away from it thinking you've seen more than you have. And yeah. um, and it's, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, I think there is something so powerful about it. And I think that they had no idea how powerful they were when they were making it. Like it just, yeah. whereas I think like Hereditary was so planned out, like all of that was so meticulous. And I yeah. think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like, whoa. I think we inadvertently created something, you know, incredible. And so it's uh, one of my favorite movies and just will always be one of my favorite performances. Um, and it was like, you know, and then sort of in the sort of horror fandom world, like she, people always talked about her. She went to like horror conventions all the time and people always talked about how nice she was and how friendly and how like down to earth she was. And so that helps oh, knowing like, that. okay, yes. she passed away a few years ago, but it was like, okay, she she wasn't traumatized by this. Like she could have a sense of humor about this experience, you know? Yes. Yes. I'm glad she came out (laughs) unscathed, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, maybe one day, maybe one day I would have to have all the curtains open. I would have to watch it at like noon Mm -hmm. and then I would have to like, I don't even know. Cause really the only problem is like bedtime, like bedtime is when I, I start to panic and yeah. I think that there's someone under my bed or someone in the house. Um, so <laughs> I it's, just have to get over that, I guess. I yeah. don't know how, though. You know, and maybe just watch a clip of it. Maybe know everything that's going to happen. Read a full maybe, synopsis yeah, first. Yeah. Maybe that helps. Honestly, like, my anxieties about it, like, are just probably bigger than the actual movie itself. So maybe if I did read it, um, maybe right. read it along as I watched. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh, it's, uh, I would need a lot of hand-holding. Yeah, it's like when I watch a movie, it's like, you know, if I know the dog isn't going to die, then I can relax, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I know she gets away, so may- maybe. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that you love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you love it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Um, my number two is out of left field. This is a one we never talked about before, but I was really thinking about TV and specifically TV moms. And mm. my number two is going to be Jane Kaczmarek for Malcolm in the Middle. Have you oh, watched yeah. that TV show? You know, I never really got into it, but I think it's one of those shows that, like, when it was out, it was kind of marketed a certain way. But then if you actually watched it, it was so much more intelligent than they marketed it to be. Yes. Like, that's my read on Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Honestly, it's like, it, it reads like some sort of married with children sort of, like, yep. Ugh, everything's just crazy. But there's so much more to it. And, like... Jane Kaczmarek is like the heart of that show because she is the mom. She's the mom of three boys and then like early Brian Cranston, who was basically like another child. He is mm-hmm. great in it too. Like as far as like what he did in that show compared to like Breaking Bad, just to show like the the, the range that Brian Cranston has. But enough about him. Um, she is incredible in the show she's been nominated for an emmy a couple times for it too but it was like during like the heyday of like everybody loves raymond and like all that other stuff like Mm -hmm. she just like was i don't want to say ignored but like she never won an emmy i don't think she won any real real award for she might have been nominated for a golden globe she was married to bradley whitford for a while like in the like the really sexy bradley whitford days back in Uh uh, like the west wing i still think he's sexy he's on the handmaid's tale now and he has this like white beard sort of situation silver fox thing going on which i i'm i'm on board with um but (laughs) i i just think like she is not to be underestimated like as an actress and i really do feel like she fell i I almost said off the face of the earth but like she has been and stuff like you have seen jane kaczmarek like in like the most common thing i see her in is like as a judge on a show she's always a judge (laughs) right and it just makes me crazy because i i do think there's so much like i tried to find the monologue and i almost sent it to you as well there's one episode where she just like loses it because she's a mom and like her boys are idiots and her husband's an idiot i think it's something about how they ruin Mother's Day or they ruin her birthday. And she's like out and she just like, it's like pouring rain outside. And she just like walks out on the balcony and she just walks into the backyard and just kind of like stands in the rain and lets it like wash over her. And like Hal, who is Brian Cranston, like comes out and Mm -hmm. is trying to like comfort her. And she just like lets him have it. And she's like yelling at him. And she's like, I do everything for you. This And like, and, and it's just like, she lists this whole like laundry. It's like everything, every mom ever wanted to say to their husband and kids too. And then she like collapses on the ground and she's like, I want you to name three, no, five things that you love about me. <laughs> it's just like, it's really funny. And like, uh, like it's everything you sort of want. And like, a, a, and it's, it's not even like a comedy anymore, but it has comedic elements and I cannot mm-hmm. find it anywhere. I don't know what episode it's in. I searched like Jane Kaczmarek rain monologue. It's like such a weird Google search, but um, I loved her in that show and she's, she's a great screamer and um, I wish she would have an Emmy for that because it's, yeah. it's something you wouldn't expect, but I'm glad yeah. she got nominated. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I feel like, yeah, that's, it's kind of like when I finally watched Roseanne, it was like, oh, Roseanne is not what I thought it was. I feel like this would be a similar yeah. experience. Um, she was in, and I kind of, I think I've seen a clip of this, but you know, in terms of like roles, you might not expect her to play. She played Mary Tyrone in Long Day's Journey into Night in a 2017 production. 
um, that there's a TV movie version of, or maybe, or it is a TV movie. Um, I think I maybe watched a clip of it because I was like, Jane Kaczmarek is Mary Tyrone. Uh, but I, that I think that might be interesting if you're a fan of hers to see like, okay, so let's let's see what she does with uh, you know with Eugene O'Neill. Yeah, I think honestly, I think she was. Uh... You know, she, I think everyone always thinks they're like a serious actor for sure. But like, I think Mm -hmm. she went to, I did a little bit of research. um, I think she went to Yale for her master's for, um, for acting. So like, she is legit. Like she thought she was going to, you know, do the great works and the Shakespeare's and, you know, Mm -hmm. all this stuff too. So when she was cast in Malcolm in the Middle, she was like, I am not a comedic actress. But it was one of those things where it just like worked because her entire role in the show is like keeping everyone in line. But at the same time it's funny because it's like she's the mom who it's a really it shouldn't work but it does like you should hate her because she's always just the one who's like keeping like she's the bad cop you know what i mean and Hal's a good cop and but like throughout that like oh god i just love the way she screams i could like picture her roar right now she has a she has a great yell i'll i'll try to find something for you but i really like her as an actress i'm i'm rooting for her to be cast in something again but maybe she's just like chilling who knows what she's yeah. up to maybe she's got that malcolm money and she's like you know what i worked my ass off for like six years um you know now yeah I'm gonna, now brad and i are gonna travel i don't know did they divorce um i think they are i know i okay. think i read that they divorced which is sad i think they were married for like 17 years um i don't know what happened there but yeah i love jane I love that performance. Um, and that was a show that I was like obsessed with when I was younger. My brother and I always used to watch it and we loved it a lot. So Malcolm in the Middle, out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is that is out of nowhere. That would not have been on yes. my list of things I thought you would have chosen, but I love it. Yeah, I'm glad I remembered it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, my, uh, my number one, which it doesn't come out of the you know out of nowhere. It's, it's uh, one we've certainly talked about before, um, but it's... At first, I just had one woman, and then I realized, well, there's really two of them that I want to give some appreciation to. But it is, of course, Anna Devere Smith and Deborah Winger in Rachel Getting Married. Yay! I, you know, in terms of, like, we've probably talked about it here before. I I love talking about Anna Devere Smith in Rachel Getting Married because it's... It's like um, Hermione Badley in A Room at the Top, where I'm like, yes. you know, where she got nominated for an Oscar for two minutes of screen time. With Anna Devere Smith, you know, the, the movie is never about Carol. It's never about her character, but she is, it's like if you watch her the entire movie, the, it's like where she factors in. And of course, the most mm-hmm. important moment is at the end of a family fight when the last shot is of her sitting alone crying. Yes. I, I'm obsessed with that. Like the, the, the choice of that, the idea of that. I was just like, yes. Um, the, the <laughs> stepmom narrative that they're telling there was like, yes. Um, and she is just, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy in a way to take this role that's really a featured ensemble role and cast it with Anna Devere Smith because she's just like a fucking genius. Like she does one woman yeah, shows. A like titan, she, yes. Absolutely. It is just like such a, she's such a legend. And then to, but then to take all that like ability and put it into the small role, like it shows, like she doesn't waste a moment of her moments. And there's another shot, um, it's a, it's after a fight that they have after the rehearsal dinner and then like the family kind of migrates into the kitchen and there's a, just a, a quick moment of Carol and Sydney, Rachel's fiance, sitting alone in the living room and I was like, 
genius. These are the two sort of like outsiders and it's almost like she's the veteran outsider, he's the new outsider and like this is what happens. It's almost like they could have extended that scene for her to say something to him of like get used to this, you know, but it's yes. just a shot of them sitting alone for a second before it goes to the kitchen and I love like the intentionality of that, you know. Um so I love Anna Devere Smith in this, but Deborah Winger is, I mean, <laughs> we could do a whole episode on, and of course I've done a, an in the details on this, but, you know, obviously I could talk about it more than once. Um, but Deborah Winger in this movie is just, for, I mean, I know, I feel like she, I don't know the Deborah Winger story of like why she's not, why she's not a Meryl Streep today, like why she doesn't yeah. seem to have is like, I, I was it her choice? Like why? Because obviously she was, you know, a huge star in the 80s. Um, but it's like seeing her again in this, like maybe she was just like, Hey, you know, I've had enough of Hollywood. I'll pick and choose my, my projects, but she is so good. She is so good. And like Anne Hathaway is incredible in this movie. So put her on the list as well. Like she deserves yeah. a lot of credit for like how, cause she, what's incredible with Anne Hathaway is like, it's Anne Hathaway who at that point I think had the sort of like, you know, Anne Hathaway hate playing an unlikable character and doing it perfectly. Mm. So it's like you kind of come into it wanting to hate on Anne Hathaway, wanting to hate this character of Kim. And it's like, yeah, but like she's selling this hate, this character that I don't like. And it's not because I don't like the actress. And so, um, yeah, I just, I love this movie and um, I love, you know, the fight scene that Deborah Winger and Anne Hathaway have. Um, I just, you know, when they punch each other in the face, it's just so good. Uh, it really is. But yeah, I, I, I just, this movie is incredible, but the, the two of them, Anna Devere Smith and Deborah Winger, I think, um, deserve just as much credit for any credit this movie gets. Amen. What is that one gif you send to me? It's Anna Devere Smith in the front seat of a car looking behind herself. Yeah. Like grins. Yeah. Oh my God. It like breaks my heart. Like there's so much packed into that one little glance. Yes. Is that in Rachel getting married? Yes. Yeah. I need to rewatch it. I need to rewatch that movie. For yeah. Her like there's that... there is something about that that oh my god, that little moment is a perfect example yes. of like she's packed so much into a glance. She's a queen. She is. Anna. She, yeah. She's also <laughs> great in Nurse Jackie. She's really great in Nurse Jackie. Uh, and she's, you know, obviously in it a lot more and, you know, has yeah. actual, you know, plot points about her. But uh, Anna Devere Smith, I also feel like, oh, uh, like someone to someone to queen out on in general. Uh, yes. She's, she's yes. just incredible. Yes. Great. My number one is going <laughs> to. I don't know if I've ever mentioned her and that uh, she was actually one of the first people that I thought of because I will die on this hill. But it's also, she's like, she just turned 30. So she's a younger actress. I, I know most of the time we, you know, it's like 40 and up over here at the BSA mm, pod. Sure. But my number one is Eden Cher. And she played Sue Heck in the TV show, The Middle. I was on oh. ABC with Patricia Heaton. <laughs> I, Colin, I know it's crazy. I, 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 yes, please laugh because I, I, like, here's, here's my sort of, um, here's my reasoning behind this. It's like before there was Anna and Maya, there was Sue Heck. Mm-hmm. She is like the epitome of like that middle school girl who is a complete wreck, 
who is just trying to like be popular and like the the great thing is like about the show is like her brother her older brother is like super popular and Mm -hmm. she's just kind of like the sister who gets left behind like yes at first glance like suhek can be a lot like she but she's also like this beacon of like optimism and like resilience she loves her family she's like not afraid to stick up for what is right i know it sounds bananas but she is like her her performance is like so singular in that show i i read um an article yesterday that was called uh 17 reasons why sue heck is the true star of the middle and i agreed with every single reason it's like a buzzfeed article or something (laughs) of course yeah um Um, i just love her what were you gonna say sorry no i i I, that's what i would have assumed and i uh i have seen a few episodes so it's not i don't think you're crazy i feel like i think in the lens of like pen 15 i think there is a a spiritual sister to the character of Tina in Bob's Burgers. Yes, um, yes. I think there's, I, I get, it, it's kind of like, you know, some of the ways you might think, I think of like Dwight Schrute is like, it's such a singular character yes. and a singular performance. And, um, and, and yeah, like you could easily write it off as like, oh, it's just another ABC sitcom. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'll validate this parking. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I, I, even if no one out there is like, agrees like i think the other thing on top of that too is that she's really funny and like committed to suhek as a character like i love like in the later seasons that suhek like her parents like because the whole thing is like the middle they're like out in like the midwest they're like middle class they don't have a lot of money but they have like enough money patricia heaton is great i know that like she's she's patricia heaton but at the same time i do like her in the show um but suhek like she 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 works like three jobs to put herself through like college. And there's this, I mean, there's one scene. All I will say like, is she basically, there's this whole entire plot line, like, like over the arc of like, I don't know, seven episodes where she accidentally puts a hole in her wall and she doesn't want to tell her parents (laughs) and she covers it up with like a poster. And then I think she sneaks into like a rated R movie and her parents find out because she's such a good kid. And she like has this like three minute scene where she like loses her mind and she's like, and she's like, I did it. And she like names all the things that she's done, like that are really terrible in the past because her guilt is just too much to like keep inside. And then at the end she like takes the poster off and it's, it's all like, it doesn't make sense, but I, I loved it. I binged the season. I like own seasons of the middle. Colin. Oh, wow. I bought, like seasons one, two, and three in a very interesting part of my life. But I, um, and maybe that's why I have such an emotional attachment to it because I was not doing well during this mm. part of my life. But the middle was there for me and Sue Heck was there. And Eden Cher, this one is for you. I love you. I don't know if you'll ever get work again because sometimes these singular performances are hard. Like I think of rain wilson you know what i mean like he's mm-hmm. been in some stuff too and like or michael richards is kramer you know what i mean like it's hard yeah. to break that mold but um i love her and i love sue heck <laughs> well if you can find where that scene is where that where that meltdown is, yes i would yes, i could get yes. into that yeah, yeah. I, I i i love looking back on these 10 like this is the most all over the place list but i (laughs) but that's great like that's perfect because it's like that's the idea is like there's women doing great work in all different forms it different you know uh we didn't talk about any theater but it's you know i think it's harder to kind of like 
it find is. Those I examples. was trying to think of that yeah. too. Yeah, I really was. Yeah. Um, well, this is. I. You know, if anything, you know, we've also given each other, you know, five recommendations uh, to to yeah. follow up on. So future episodes, um, great. Yeah, future episodes. Yeah. So this is, you know, um, this has been really productive. I'm glad we had this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you back some of your, some of your day. Yeah, I'm gonna minutes earlier. Yeah, right, right. I can give you back ten minutes. Like, oh, thanks. You know, thanks for um, that. Yeah, but uh, you know what? The crazy thing is, like, we still get played off. We still get played off. Uh, uh, even on a, even on a production meeting. Um, but <laughs> the good news is, we do still have more to say um, on our best supporting after show this week. I think we are going to have much to say on Nomadland. So yes. and maybe even one talk of, about the Critics Choice Awards too. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Just like um, briefly, we could talk about those because yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so stay tuned for that, or keep an eye a peeper peeled for that on Friday. But in the meantime, where can folks find more of you? They can find me every Tuesday at the Good Vanilla, which is my other podcast about the Barefoot Contessa. Or they can follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you, Colin? Well, you can uh, find more of me on the often aforementioned this episode in the details, the a celebration of nuance uh, and apparently lots of ladies. You can find me on All Right Mary, Queening Out About Drag Race, particularly season 13. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA pod. Or you can email us at the BSA pod at gmail.com. That's that's pretty much all I have to say this week because I if I say any more the after show is going to start. So Exactly. Thank you to all these women. Yeah, I think a, a thank you is in order and otherwise that is probably as they say <laughs> is that. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for that. 